Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Hacker, and Alton Toyota. It's a bouncy Jackson day, I noticed that. I just looked across this dais, and Jackson's bouncing. I really like this uh, this beat here, Tim. Really, it gets. That's why we play it first. Yeah, puts you in a good headspace. Gets the energy going right off the bat. I want to tell the audience who's welcome to text in at three one four three nine 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 six four six that I would tell you that Jackson is having what I would describe as negative swing thoughts over the ball going into this show. Matt Rocky you know, and I were just discussing it. Uh, I don't know why he's wobbly, but I feel like if you want to get him today. You can get him. And so Jackson has just turned the Air Comfort Service text inbox away. He is turning it. Now he's turning into it. You want the people to come after you? Well, I want to see. You want to see the texts? Yeah. Wow, you're asking for it today. Keeps me centered. Does it really? Well. Now, on on TMA, uh, it's on HD2. Not to brag again. I feel like it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Um, I I was saying that... We went, we went to the Blues game last night, and uh, Randy Carricker was there. Um, Michelle Smallman, was who I just saw in the hallway. I really like that Michelle Smallman. She's great. And I guess they had, like, the HD2 people in one suite, and mm-hmm. then the people who live in New York City in another suite. I guess that's the deal. I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm kind of getting the sense. Right. But then the people who went to Ledoux also got to go to that New York City suite. Right, yeah, we had. I had a pass for both. Um, for that, for the people who go to the Hamptons and Horton Watkins. Right. Well, it's you know, it's in my contract. There's not much. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wiggle room on that one. Wow, you have great representation. It's, but yeah. I got a chance to watch a hockey game with Jackson, and it was like sitting there with number ninety nine. Yeah, isn't it? And I said on TMA, I will keep some of those conversations away from ten o'clock on one hundred and one ESPN, and yet Jackson wants me to discuss what he said during that game. I mean, you really are swerving into it. You are you are a welcoming heel in this 101 ESPN Professional Wrestling Federation. You welcome the hatred. You swerve in to the hatred. Right. And I think it's less of like me like wanting it to be out there more so that I'm totally comfortable with it being out there. Because like I said on TMA, which is, of course, HD2, I don't mean to brag. Right. But um, I'm very transparent on my lack of hockey knowledge and, candidly, general interest no! in the sport of ice hockey. Um, it's a radio station that carries the St. Louis Blues in an yeah. overtime victory last night, at which Vladimir Tarasenko received a wonderful ovation as he returned as a member of the Blue Shirts, albeit wearing white last night. And you just said what you said, so have fun. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't help you. I can't help you anymore. No, but I think, and we've talked about this before. It's one of the three pillars of the show. Of course, we don't kink shame. That's right. Uh, pro liberty, pro liberty, and I forgot the third. But um, pro liberty, pro liberty. I have no problem with people loving hockey. I'm glad that the station carries the blues. I'm glad that people love it. And our this building was damn near sold out, sold out last night. There's People everywhere love to see that. And I think people should have the same 
general vibe when it comes to me. Like I just, it's just not for me. And so if we are pro-liberty, and I know that we both are, and I hope the textures are, mm. is that we allow people to do what makes them feel good and what makes them happy and uh, what enjoy things that they enjoy. Wow. That's, that's so liberty. So it sounds like you are supportive of everyone's interest and you want them to support your interest, which is essentially the NAS- National Basketball Association in San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Less so maybe support rather tolerate because i feel there's some intolerance Mm. of what i like to enjoy Mm. in my free time uh on the both the text line i've seen heard in mic drops um so yeah i I think that you know i would like to pay it forward a little bit and i'll ask everybody to maybe inject a little liberty into their life wow look at that all right fair enough so what did you think of the blues game we were at the game Mm mm-hmm Give me your perspective. I mean, I felt like I was sitting there with Mr. Hockey. Peter, Peter Puck. Puck. Uh, I thought that the energy in the building was great. I loved the standing ovation and the tribute video the Blues made for one Vladimir Tarasenko. It was great to see Nico Mikula get a great ovation as he sat there. All right, and- now I'm, now I'm going to call and I'm going to make a move on the turn to take the pot down after I heard about the Nico Mikula ovation. He, he did get, there was... Well, he did, but there's no possible way that stirred any emotion in you. No, not in the slightest, but... Um, right, which is why I called, because I was going to take down when you bet on the turn. Well, it was just great to see that the fans are so supportive, and um, great uniform battle. The Rangers have beautiful uniforms. Love the diagonal Ranger thing they got going. Prefer the whites over the blues, and when I say that, I mean the white Rangers jerseys over yeah, the I blue Rangers that. I, jerseys. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little apology on Twitter from you and a statement from 101 ESPN right. immediately after that statement. That'll be that. that that's what I describe right. as problematic. Where will your burner be? Uh, right in the. Oh, I've got so many dog avatar burner accounts. <laughs> and then Jamie Rivers, who attacked this program, he did two days ago. He did. Who I mean, attacked this program. Yeah. Described it as something, candidly, that's one of the better names. It's been called buffoon party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked back into the uh, 101 ESPN office. Somebody told me where it was, and I walked back there yesterday, and Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse mm-hmm. and Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers were sitting at their desk. They were, they were preparing for their show, and I thought that yeah. was weird. Yeah. And, I, and I did a tribute to Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood, 1991. Jackson, I saw it at Crestwood Mall, which is odd in a wide variety of ways. Doughboy. And uh, Doughboy was Ice Cube's character. And he stood up when he thought there might be some kind of uh, ruckus about to breathe. Yes, I ruckus, yeah. And he said, we got a problem here? We got a problem here? That's what I said to Jamie Rivers. Yep, yep. And he then immediately got up. And even though I was wearing my lifts, he stood up. And and I I looked up at him. I hurt my neck looking up at him. No, I I just was doing this scene from Boys in the Hood. No, you can call the show whatever you want. We think it's dumb, too. Yeah, And then he came into the suite last night, and then I did it again for some reason. No reason at all, especially since nobody in the suite knew what I was doing. Yeah, right. I told him I was going to buzz his tower, but he was going on television, and I didn't want him to have a messed up mug. So you were going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to take him right there. But um, <sighs> but yeah, I, I chose against it, and I think he appreciated that. He knows what I'm capable of. Um, you know. I, I said, Jackson wants to talk to you about what you said. He goes, really? Where's Piddles? <laughs> yeah, more than a decade in the NHL fighting some of the scariest guys, be damned. He's going to get the, the Piddle patrol on That's him. exactly right. 
So that is what our takeaway from the game is last night. Jackson likes the Rangers' white uniforms. Oh, they're so great. Yeah, that was actually my by far my biggest takeaway. Not the Mika ovation. No, that you, that I didn't you do fraudulently much n- notified the audience about how much emotion that stirred in your soul. I will say that one of the, the television on the jumbo. I thought this was honesty and media, honestly. It is. And that's why I'm. Well, that's and why exactly- are you talking about the Mika ovation like it was something that if I wouldn't have pointed it out to you, what was going on? Well, I, I was just saying that it was cool to see the fans. Uh, receive a guy who wasn't here that long and still give him his uh, proper welcome back? Regardless. You said, that's not Tarasenko. What are they cheering for? <laughs> I said, who is that? But um, uh, I do like on the Jumbotron, they have the puck trail. That, that uh, like a, It was like a little black line that would follow the puck around, and it made it a lot easier to see. And I think they should use that around – all of hockey broadcasts. All right. Well, Darren Pang is going to join us here in a matter of moments. You can ask him about that because when Fox had hockey years ago, they had what you just referred to. I believe it was red, though, then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also had what your name now is, outside of Little Piddles, Peter Puck. <laughs> After that Rangers sweater take, <laughs> I think at this point... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm available. Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers will have you on for your Blues and Stanley Cup playoff opinions. Yes. Yeah, coming up at 4 o'clock here on the Fast Lane, Peter Puck is going to join us to yeah. give us his thoughts on Piddlebug. the Bruins. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was something that was so popular they got rid of it. I just I don't get why. It makes it easier to see. If the sticks are black, the puck is black, it's going to be hard to see. I mean, are we? is anyone arguing that? You're telling me all these people watching hockey, they can see the puck 100% of the time. It's going 50 miles per hour at all times. No one ever has possession of the damn thing. Put the puck trail on. Well, it's not going over well in the Air Comfort Service tax line. Nobody likes the puck trail. ESPN is stupid, and so is basketball. The entire hockey community hates you. Basketball and the puck trail, you twerp. That's from the 618, and it was set in caps also Yeah, well, with three exclamation points right I'm gonna hold. End. I'm going to bite my tongue is what I'm going to do here, Tim. Honesty and media, I'm biting my tongue. All right, fair enough. Uh, Jackson uh, still uh, emotional after the Mikola. Ovation last night, which again I believe was a fraudulent statement, and I hope he'll apologize for that. And also, whatever he was saying about the whites and the blues. But either way, I, I thought that was problematic, and I hope there's a tweet coming out during this commercial break. Meanwhile, at Augusta National, Brooks Kepka is 10 under par and leading the Masters by three strokes. You could have a live golfer getting the green jacket on Sunday, and you might say, Tim. I know you're an incredible player. I'm stunned by your distance considering your size. And I understand all of those things. I've heard them before. Trust me. But here's the thing. The conditions in Augusta, Georgia are about to get brutal this afternoon and carrying over a high of 52 degrees with 100% chance of rain, gusty winds. The players who are out this morning are at a major advantage over those who will be teeing off whether they get out this afternoon or perhaps not until Sunday if they call tomorrow a complete rainout. And so Brooks Kapka going out and currently at three under par for his round, 10 under par for the tournament, is going to post a number that is going to be very difficult for the players teeing off in a couple of hours to chase down if these conditions get soft and windy. So with that said, you could indeed have a live golfer win the Masters somewhere 
Jay Monahan is weeping in a corner. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Darren Pang is going to explain to Jackson why the Peter Puck is no longer with us. Uh, we're going to talk it over with Panger next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk Blues hockey with Darren Payne. Holy jump and what a save. Oh, my. Refreshed by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Roast. Well, you're right, Roger. That's exactly right. Uh, we said at the very beginning of the program, Jackson was vulnerable today. And uh, just seconds ago, he said to me, oh, hell is breaking loose. And he is rubbing his hands into his forehead, shaking his head. Darren Pang, it's getting away from Jackson Burkett this morning here in the 101 ESPN studios. Well, I tell you what, Tim, it's my job here this morning as I'm walking my little dog, Bruce, and picking up his poop off the grass that we will fix young Jackson. We're going to make him a better, we're going to make him a better producer and co-host. I'm going to call him co-host today because I believe that sometimes sometimes you just got to put him back on the ice. Okay. Jackson Panger is going to help you through this. He's dealing with the the defecating dog right now, but he is going to help you through this and he's going to make you a better producer, but let's focus on co-host. All right, let's let's do this. Thank you, Panger. I need it. You're welcome. And by the way, for those out there that don't pick up the dog's poop, shame on you. Okay, pick it up. It doesn't take much of an effort. Okay, seconds, seconds for for cleaning up the neighborhood. That's right. Uh, Panger, let's let's start with the festivities last night. Then let's head to Augusta, Georgia, and then you can coach uh, Jackson up. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko making the return uh, along with Nico Mikola, which Jackson fraudulently claimed moved him emotionally, and I (laughs) called out. But the Vladimir Tarasenko uh, reception was wonderful, and Tarasenko was you know not somebody who really spoke about his emotions all that often while in. St. Louis, but after the game, he certainly did, and he talked about how much that has meant to him and his family, and how much they really appreciated their time in St. Louis and the ovation in the uh, the video last night. Uh, your thoughts on on that uh, last evening, about 10, 12 minutes into the game? Well, I mean, I I, I think that the, the 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 ties that make this all happen is the fact that he was part of a Stanley Cup championship team here, yeah. and I, I I truly believe that if players return like David Perron or any other player comes back and at the very end of any kind of uh, a video tribute, there's no lifting the Stanley Cup. Maybe it's not as powerful. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. You know, there's always appreciation for players and certainly Vladdy because he's in the you know, first round draft pick scored some unbelievable goals. Um, you know, if it, if it just went that way and he just got traded because of one reason or another, Maybe not so emotional. So I'm really happy for the guys that come back and they get to see that on the Jumbotron in front of the great fans. I think that's the, probably the memories that, that shake them the most, make the most emotional. is probably when they see themselves lifting the Stanley Cup or, or when the moment is that the team wins the Stanley Cup and you're all celebrating on the ice. I think that's what chokes these guys up because they see that and then they look around and, and they probably really remember so vividly what it was like going down Market Street. They're always like being at OB Clark's and celebrating mm-hmm. there for hours and days. So uh, it was nice to see. I'm sure everybody's happy that it's over with um, and that, uh, that everybody moves along. Um, in saying that, don't, don't get old Andy Strickland talking because old Vladdy wouldn't do an interview before the game for him. Oh, but, yeah, really? Is know? that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, 
But I, I think too, though, they went back to back and they had, you know, they had, uh, you know, not, uh, not to make any excuses or anything, but I, I think there's also anxiety when a player comes back. And I'm not going to jump into the head of Vladdy or anybody else, but I, I think they wonder sometimes, are the fans going to be, are they going to cheer? Are they going to boo? Are they, you know, so I think once the game is over, then you kind of, yeah, you you can know, show your emo- yeah and you show your emotions just a little bit more. And I mean, he could have probably gone and stayed at center ice for, for a little bit longer of a time and wave to the crowd. Cause I remember seeing David, David Prawn actually looked right over at the blues bench and he kind of, you know, put his hand over his heart, thanking his, uh, his old teammates as well. And so, you know, that, that stuff, I mean, he could have gone anyway, he could have done a lot more and, and everybody would have been fine with it as well. But overall it was a nice event. He scores a goal, which you would expect him to do. And the blues end up winning up a beautiful pass from Braden Shen to, to, to uh, Kasperi Kapanen. So it all worked out real well. How about what's going on here with the Blues? I think it's... Under, hey, listen, I understand it's flying under the radar. Our team's been out of it. They traded all uh, many of the stars away a couple of months ago. But one of the things I was talking about with Jeremy Rutherford is perhaps the reemergence of this team back into the playoff mix may not be as far away because of... You just made reference to Kapanen. Uh, Verano, what we've seen here over the last couple of weeks is a team that's playing some good hockey and got another win... Last night, uh, what is your opinion on what we've seen and, and certainly how it can apply to uh, what's going to happen in, in the upcoming year or two? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And I, I don't want to have falsified information, you know, being late in the year. We've been a lot of teams, and I'm not going to say this is the case here, but a lot of teams do get fooled by, you know, uh, playing non-playoff teams and, you know, performing well or having some success late because there's no pressure on you. But But I will say that, um, it's a different game and a different look that we saw early in the year. I, I think that as a, as a team, Tim, I think they're, they seem to be more, you have to think that the coaching staff, you know, I mean, it's hard to coach as well at this particular time of the year after a frustrating season. But at the end of the day, I think they're doing a really good job of, of, of getting that structure. But I think back in the game, and I think making sure that the players that are coming in are going to understand what, it's, what the system's going to be like next year. And quite frankly, they're impressed with the way they played more as a five-man unit and not, not letting their goaltenders hang out to dry uh, like we've seen, you know, during the, the really the heated part of the regular season. The Blues gave up just incredible amounts of, of A-plus chances again. Yeah. And I think that part of the game has been tightened up. So I'm, I'm impressed by that. And I'm also impressed by some veterans. So I think it's, you know, time we kind of tipped our hat to guys that at the end of the year, they're frustrated. They expect to be Stanley Cup contenders. Guys like Paul. You know, that, that guy just works his tail off every single game. Um, you know, I mentioned Braden Shen before that. Yeah. And, you know, like these, these guys are very proud guys and they want to be in the playoffs. And here we are at the end of the year and, and they're, you know, they're working their tails off and trying to lead by example. So I've been impressed by that. Uh, you get a chance to see teams all over the NHL, in addition, of course, to the Blues. It sucks that there will not be Stanley Cup playoffs here in St. Louis, but I am I'm really intrigued, in particular, by the Eastern Conference. I mean, that that's a, that's like just heavyweight after heavyweight with a big, big favorite that certainly has uh, a lot of attention with what the Boston Bruins have done during the regular season. What do you think of what we are going to see here in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and what do you think of that Eastern Conference? We got a chance. To to see the Rangers, they're a playoff team. It just looks like it's stacked over there in the East, but with one team that's got a huge points advantage on everybody else. Yeah, so all the pressure's on Boston. Uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, we've seen so many teams, like Tampa Bay was the best team in the league a few years ago. They lost in four straight yeah. to Columbus. You know, Detroit, when there weren't, you know, um, three-on-three and shootouts to decide the W's, 
you know, with this, I'm not saying that the season that the Bruins have had um, is justified, but it doesn't compare maybe to the 77 Montreal Canadiens or the 95, 96 uh, uh, Red Wings because it was just a different, you know, a point system. Yeah. But in saying all that, it's hard to win when you've had such a great regular season. So uh, that's why I think the pressure's on, on Boston. But the series that I can't wait to watch is certainly in the East. It's Tampa Bay and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just, you know, it's just, that's going to be must-watch TV. The pressure's on Toronto. Uh, they, you know, they haven't advanced past the first round in a thousand years. And now they're going to play, you know, now they're going to play Tampa that still has that championship pedigree. Did you see that game the other night? The one uh, two nights ago, it was, it was, uh, the Rangers and Tampa. I mean, there's five fights. There's big hits. I mean, it was like, let's get ready to go. This regular season stuff is over with. Let's go to battle. I can't wait for that playoff series, to be quite honest. I think that's going to be the best one. It's so good. I mean, you just look at the Eastern Conference. You go, my goodness. I mean, it is just you can't go wrong with with any matchup. And the final two yeah. spots still, uh, still are up in the air with the Penguins still trying to get in there. And the Panthers and Islanders... Uh, currently holding on to the two wild card spots yeah I, I i wouldn't want to play the new york islanders and that's who the boston bruins are likely gonna I, well maybe not i mean florida sneaks in there but uh, you know we're gonna see the rangers and the devils that looks a that's a certainty or it looks like a certainty and then uh and, and then you're right about that see the new york islanders would scare me they, they they've got every one of their defensemen are about six foot four 225 pounds they close gaps they play defensive hockey the way i love defensive hockey to be played and they've got a goaltender that Maybe, uh, I, I would say maybe top three, likely a guy that ends up in the three finalists for the Vesna Trophy uh, in Igor Shesterk. Um, I got the right guy, Sorokin. They're Shesterkin, Sorokin, Sorokin is, uh, is their guy. And I think they're just, I don't know, I think they're just going to be a tough out. So if that's the Boston Bruins against the New York Islanders, hypothetically, I think the Bruins will be well tested there. And if they get beyond that matchup, then they'll be ready to go from that point on. Wow, yeah, and what a second-round matchup that would be should they're able to get past, uh, if it is indeed the Islanders, the Islanders in the first round. All right, let's uh, make our way down to Augusta National. I've seen a lot of your tweets here over the last few days. Uh, Panger, Brooks Kepka is out on the golf course, and he is performing a clinic so far. He is 3-under through 12 today, 10-under for the tournament, and he is the leader over Victor Hovland and John Rahm, who have not teed off yet. Uh, they are both 7-under. Jason Day has gone back, and he is at 6-under. Morikawa and Spieth are both at 5-under, along with Cam Young. Weather moving in. We might not have golf tomorrow. We're both golf nerds. We can talk about it when it's the Masters. What do you think? Well, I think Brooks Kepkin is caddy or cheater. That's what I How think. about that? How okay, about that? There you go. Hey, listen, you just go on, you watch the Golf Channel last night, you, you, oh, you go on Twitter, I you did. can clearly see that it's a five iron. you can clearly see the caddy telling, uh, who was it that he told him? Wood- Woodland's caddy. Yeah, Gary Woodland's caddy, and, and, and gives him the, the five, Kepka discreetly gives him the five after he takes off his glove, I mean, come on, what's going on around here anyway? So <laughs> I hope he hit... I hope he jacks one into Ray's Creek, makes a triple, and says, thanks for coming. So all my players that I've got that I got money on come back into play. That's what I think right now. Okay? Where, where did you put your money? Well, my guys in, in, in the pool that I'm in, um, I've got – got to go through my list here. Hang on a second. That's fine. I got it right here. Uh, it's, a, it's a unique uh, uh, pool that I'm in. You pick four guys in the majors. The players' championship counts as a major. If your player wins, you can use him again. If he doesn't, you cannot use him again in any major. So I've got Spieth, Lowry, Scheffler, 
and I got McElroy, who's plus two. Yeah, he's uh, in Not trouble here. About Rory. Not Rory. He's, he's, I'll tell you what. For a guy that's got that swing, he's gagging all over himself. I'm not a happy camper. He really is. He yanked that uh, seven iron over uh, number 13 yesterday with a golden opportunity to to at least birdie, if not uh, have a chance at eagle with a seven iron to miss it that badly. That's uh, that's something I expect from you and Pat Maroon. I don't expect that from Rory yeah. McIlroy. You know, I don't. I don't really expect that from Patty and myself. We just drum you like you read about. Oh my God! What is going on in this show? Yeah. At, yeah, that'll be at Meadowbrook. That's going to be must must watch TV. Yep. We'll have we'll have we'll have drones, satellite TV highlights. We'll have the whole thing. It's going to be a big show. Uh, Jackson has one final question, and maybe we can put a ball tracer because he uh, was excited last night to notice that inside the Enterprise Center, surprisingly, he doesn't get to as many games as you might think based on when you hear him talk hockey. That, uh, that, that there is a puck tracer on. And I was explaining to Jackson that years ago there was Peter Puck and, uh, and, and the, the Fox tracer on there, and Jackson would like to see that come back. Panger, you're on a national telecast. Uh, Jackson, what would you like to say? Yeah, I, I just think it's so much easier to see the puck and you can follow the action a lot closer when you know it's not only where the puck is, but where it's been. And I think that uh, they should bring it back. Jackson, listen, I love you, pal, and I think you're doing a heck of a job. But if you can't see a black puck on white ice, man, you're, you you got to get your eyes checked. Okay? But, the, but the sticks are black. He is now 25, so that's when vision starts to yeah, go. The, that's right. Well, here's here's the deal that, that we have, um, you know, on Valley Sports Midwest, what we started doing several markets was on the power play. It, I'm not sure if you know this, but there's, an, there's a, tech, a player tracking technology chip on every player's shoulder. And I've got a monitor in front of me that tells me how long their shift is, yeah. how hard their last shot was that was on net, um, how many uh, feet they've skated during the course of a game. And so when, anyway, I'll get to the point, but when, when there's a power play, we, we tried it for a little bit where the puck was passed to, there was that black line that followed it. And I'm telling you, we, there wasn't a lot of positive um, synergy from the, from the fans. It bothered them. Um, I think that they were... Uh, it's on the power play, so you can see where the puck is. You're moving it in the offensive zone. So anyway, we started doing it in replays, and, and some of the, you know, some of our other replays during the course of the, um, the normal part of the game, not just the power play. And I think that part's worked out really well. But man, a lot of people don't like that that puck tracing, Jackson. So you might be you might be one of the few that that does like it. Here's what I'll, I'll say, say to that, that, Panger, is that sometimes with the general public, you have to tell them what they like. You have to force it upon them regardless of what they think wow, they like. Wow, listen to Hugo Chavez in here this you gotta, morning. you got to tell them what they need to like, and I think that the puck trail is one of those things. God. Okay, Okay. well, you just you just get on there and, and you influence people, would you? Panger is officially cutting ties. Right there, he just officially cut ties. That's what just happened. Yeah, well, uh, I, think it'd be, I, I just want to grow the game. I guess I'm on an island here. Yeah. I know you do. I'll tell you what. We've, we've been growing the game for a long time, and it's, it's really in a good spot. But I'll tell you that when, when the Stanley Cup Finals are on TNT and uh, Wayne Gretzky's on the panel, which is going to be outstanding, because um, we've got the rights to the final this year, the Stanley Cup Final, last year ESPN, next year ESPN, but we've got it this year. I don't think you're going to see uh, puck tracing on a, on a power play. I'll just – I'll, I'll just throw that at you. All right, All right. Jackson. Yeah, I guess everyone hates ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Panger, we appreciate it, sir. Always enjoy the conversation. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, I, I will for sure. Hopefully the Masters goes till Monday. It's a day off. I, 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 I have a feeling that's going to yeah. happen. Thank yeah. you, Panger. Thanks, Panger. Okay.
Thank there you. he is, Darren Pang, with us here on the program. Uh, sounds really excited about your idea on the puck tracer. I I would be, wouldn't you? I I don't know if we've ever had anything unanimous in the Air Comfort Service text line, but you and the puck tracer and the zero percent approval rate rating is is overwhelming at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I just see him. <laughs> but you said you're just going to tell the people that they like yes, what you yes, like. Yes, <laughs> if you just print news stories where it's like everyone loves the puck tracer regardless of what people say, and then they'll like it. Then that's how it's going to work. All yeah. right, that sounds like a plan. Coming up, we have the Little Piddles Six Shooter, a Friday tradition unlike any other. That is next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 East. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Second half of Balloon Party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you, fresh off of a conversation with Darren Pang. If you missed it, you can podcast via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast. And you're always welcome to get involved on this show. Want to leave a mic drop? 101 ESPN app, or you can text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399. Nine six four six. We heard in that uh, update that the baseball Cardinals are playing tonight. They are. Yes. Yeah, Why'd baseball. you go with baseball Cardinals? There? No, no. That was that was that was needed before the Big Red relocated to Phoenix. I just like the sound of it. The St. Louis. But you weren't even Cardinals. around for that time. No, I was not. I like the sound of New York football giants. That makes no sense anymore. But I like it mm, still. Mm, I still like it. Mm. I wouldn't mind. Like you know. The car Dodgers, they were car, you know, I like that. I, I think that's all, like, I don't know. I just like the full names. Okay. New York Knickerbockers. You like the Knickerbockers. Yeah, I think it's, like, let's go full titles. Okay. All right. St. Louis baseball Cardinals it is. Well, the St. Louis baseball Cardinals are in action tonight in Milwaukee. Well, it'll be a tall order. Jackson, as they'll be going up against Brandon Woodruff, and Jack Flaherty, who is not allowed a hit this year, but he has enjoyed free passes, will be on the mound. Cardinals are big underdogs. The Brewers are minus 165. Your total is eight runs if you want to go over or under. Jackson at Augusta National. Brooks Kepka maintains his three-stroke lead as he goes into birdie territory, teeing off on the 13th, meaning he will have an opportunity on 13 if he can correct his pulled tee shot from yesterday and a likely opportunity on 15 as well to extend that three-stroke lead over Jason Day, who is on the tee at number 10. Colin Morikawa now is having an opportunity to birdie number eight. He is on the eighth hole, and he is at five under par. Jordan Spieth also at five under par. Meanwhile, Rory McIlroy is having problems. He is two over par. The cut line currently projected to be two over par. Rory McIlroy, a favorite for many. As Darren Pang just said, he is in his own head and having problems. Rory McIlroy might not even be around for this weatherful weekend at Augusta National. Ladies and gentlemen, now you're updated, and it's time for the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Pew, 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 pew. With the Cardinals now looking 
to some more gettable lineups in the Brewers, Rockies, and Pirates. Nobody scored more runs than the Brewers. With the Cardinals now looking at some more gettable lineups. I felt like I was just blown off right there. I think we can acknowledge that the Brewers lineup, while so far in the small sample size of the season have been hitting well, are not at the caliber of the Blue Jays and the Atlanta Braves. I didn't I didn't say that they were, sir, and I don't appreciate, and I will remind you that you are under oath. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate you putting words in my mouth. All I can tell you is the Brewers at this point are scoring more runs per game than both the Blue Jays and the Atlanta Braves. That's all I have for you. No further questions. Thank you. Okay. I want all of that stricken from the record. Based uh, on what? That it was inconvenient to the truth? That it, it messed with my rhythm. Rockies and Pirates. Uh, do you think now is the time the starting rotation writes the ship? I'm so confused by the Rockies and Pirates thing. They, they, they play the Rockies and Pirates after. Ah! You know, they started out with this tough two-game, two-series stretch. Now they get an easier three-game, three-series stretch, even though the Brewers are in first place. Woodruff. Yeah, boy. And have fun. But then Eric Lauer and I think uh, Freddie Peralta. So, so, so God, you said there was such confidence. I'm certain I, that I'm, Freddie Peralta's pitching. I think he is Sunday against uh, Woody. And so uh, do you think now is the time the starting rotation writes the ship and jettisons that rough start? That the starting pitching writes the ship? Yeah. I mean, I, as, as odd as it is to say, six games into the season, they are playing the Brewers. They are two and four. The Brewers are five and one. I, you can't say you better because we've seen the Cardinals come from out of nowhere to do what they did in 2006, more so 2011, and get into the playoffs in 2021 when they didn't look like they had any chance. And we're talking about it's April 7th. But there is no reason at this moment to think that the Cardinal starting rotation is suddenly going to turn into Wizards based on the fact that most of the guys in the Cardinal starting rotation haven't been the top-tier pitchers in Major League Baseball over the last couple of years. So it would be lovely if it happened. I'm just not necessarily sure that it is going to. I, I feel like if the Cardinals are going to win, they're going to have to win more along the lines of those 10-9 style games than 3-2. to two. But yes, it would be lo- If your question is, would it be lovely, the answer is yes, Jackson, it would be lovely. What's weird this so far this season, again, small sample size, is they, like, it seems like all the starting pitchers have roughed of the first two innings are rough, and then they figure it out to yeah, an extent. And then the bullpen keeps the thing manageable, right. minus Jordan Hicks and the gasoline can that he brings out to the mound. Certainly. So it feels like if they can get those first six outs, they'll probably be okay based on what we've seen this season. It has been something else what's going on early on. It's crazy. Against the Braves, it was like clockwork. Like, oh, they're in the second inning, they're down 4 nothing. Yeah, like, Woodford, Matz, and Michaelis all lit up early. Yeah, so hopefully they can uh, get that confidence back. Uh, this weekend and uh, further on. If the Cardinals did eventually make a trade for a pitcher this season, what big league Cardinal do you think they would package? What big league Cardinal would you want them to package? Well, I mean, what what is in vogue right now? What's the chalk answer right Tyler now? Tyler O'Neill. That's correct. Um, and... I don't think you'll ever hear Jamie Rivers disagree with me again after I made my presence yeah. known in that office yesterday yeah. and in that suite, assuming he saw me when I did it last He knows night. what's good for him. Right, exactly. Uh, but I don't necessarily know that that would be the move because the perception from opposing front offices would be, oh, the Cardinals are trying to unload this guy, therefore we are not going to give much. The opportunity could be more in line with Dylan Carlson. That's interesting. Because I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily as sold on him based on the fact that they've been going with 
Burleson over Carlson, and they also didn't have him in the starting outfield at the start of the season. They put Tyler O'Neill, who apparently is a well-known lollygagger, <laughs> uh, to the point that you dress him down for his effort in the fifth game of the season. Uh, so with that all said, uh, that to me would be more of a, a zag on the zig, and, and I think that they might be able to do more with that based on, of course, how Carlson performs between now and whatever time they would make a deal. It ain't going to be Walker. No. We know that. Um, if they're into Instagram followers, like many ladies in the Central Corridor, uh, it would be Lars Newtbar. But um, Carlson would be my, you go, well, he's still upside. He's cost controlled. So what are these teams that has a free agent starting pitcher that might be like, okay, we can deal with that because he's got upside. He's a switch hitter. We can sell him to our fan base if anybody's even paying attention in these cities. Uh, so that would be my play. I also think there is a chance that they might go from the middle infield? That's my that's my answer. It ain't going to be win, you know that. No, but Edmund? And the young doesn't have value unless he comes back and, you know, goes off. I don't know if it would be Edmund. That's what I think. That's, uh, that or would be if they're my going, choice. holy crap, Gorman. But I think, I mean, Gorman's, you know, we hear about Walker and Hence and, of course, Wynn, who we just made reference to, being 20. But Gorman's only 22. Yeah. You know, but he's been around, quote, for a while. I think we've heard about him for a while. Right, he only came right. up last year. That if you're looking at it through that lens, it might make more sense for it to be Edmund. I don't know. I, I, I see where you're coming from on that. The nice thing is, is that they could, they could have surplus both in the outfield and middle infield. They could have surplus there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer with O'Neill or Carlson. Nope. And I don't think there's a wrong answer there with, with, uh, with bringing up Tommy Edmond is, is maybe counterintuitive as that might sound to some in the audience. Yeah, my thing on Tommy Edmond is he's still young and he has a ton of upside for teams. You know, quintessential leadoff guy for a lot of teams. Can play shortstop at a good level, and it clears up a space for Mason Wynn. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. I'm not saying like I don't like Tommy Edmer. I don't think yeah, he has a lot of value. Yeah, kind of sounds like you don't like him. I think I he does. That's about. But if you're gonna pick somebody, like I feel like Carlson, unless he kind of, I mean, he's still a super high ceiling guy, so he has a ton of value. And O'Neill obviously has proven that he can be a very good ball player. But like you said, well known Wallycagger. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so I feel like Edmund right now, you could kind of knock out a couple things that you want to tend to in one move. I think we got a break. I think we got a break. Was I, did I, was I just pontificating for too long? Well, I mean, I would describe it more as babbling, but, but, but I looked at the clock and I go, sweet mother of mercy, I'm so engrossed in this six-shooter that I thought, oh, it's, it's got to be, you know, because time travels slowly. But, but I go, holy, 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 it's, it's 1049. Yeah, we got a break. Got a break. Got to do it. And then we'll come back and we'll finish off the yeah. six-shooter. And if we only get to one more question, we'll carry it over to Monday. Yes. Where our answers will be wonderful because we'll know what happens this weekend. <laughs> it's Balloon Party, a.k.a. Buffoon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is the Remix Album. Final segment of Balloon Party, driven by Mungana St. Louis Acura, 101 ESPN, Tim McCartney, Action Jackson with you. And what, we've done one question of the six-shooter, and it's 10.54, time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Oh, we've done two. Yeah, we've done, we've, we've knocked two bullets Bruce out Kapka of the Bruce Kapka is now 11 under par, 11 under par. 
He has a four-stroke lead. Is he going to go Tiger 1997? I mean, what, what do we got going on here with Brooks? Well, with given the uh, conditions coming in this afternoon, Augusta, it's kind of going to be you might not get second-round scores from some guys for a while. Until Sunday. Yeah, so uh, he could be sitting on a major lead for man, oh 36 man. hours. How's he going to sleep? For two nights he's got to sleep he's on it. He slept four different times just fine, as we saw at Bell Reeve. Yeah, Jackson, sure uh, let's finish off the six-shooter here, and then BK and Ferrari will be in. All right. Vladimir Tarasenko returned to St. Louis last night for the first time since being traded to the Big Apple. He got a very nice standing ovation and tribute video. My question is... Was last night's 91 return the second biggest standing ovation since 2000 for a St. Louis athlete returning back to St. Louis? Obviously, Albert being number one in 2019. Uh, I, I, my instinct just immediately says it has to be no. I, I mean, thought I, that too, but who else would it be? Oh, God. I, this is this. I know Aaron Miles thought he was going to get a big ovation, and I was at the game, and I felt terribly for him when I think I got a bigger ovation walking into hot shots for a TMA Live. Um, God, I feel like there's obvious ones. I, I don't know. I think I think the Perron one might have been yeah. bigger than Tarasenko, and, you know, uh, there's got to be others. Kurt Warner coming back to St. Louis playing with the Cardinals. It's a, it's a different set of circumstances then. And I, Isaac Bruce came back with the 49ers. God, I got to Somebody text in the right answer because I'm not doing it. Patty Maroon's a nice play. Yeah. yeah DP 57 was louder. I was about. That's what I thought. Yeah. Maybe Freeze coming back with the Pirates and the yeah. stint with the Pirates. Yeah. Is that the answer? I mean, it, it, it Freeze it's certainly answer, would yeah. be. But I mean, I think I, that's what I was. I think Perron was louder than Tarasenko, and that just was. a Two weeks ago. All right, fair enough. Well, way to stand your ground. I thought it was a fun question. We love standing ovations in this town. What was the question yesterday? My favorite time zone. That's a good question for watching sports. I don't care what you say. That's a great question. Why don't you drop by uh, the fast lane and just walk in this afternoon? And say, hey guys. I'm not going to give them that for free. Marsh has to come up question. with his own content. I got a question for you, Jamie, Anthony, Marshy, Marsh. Favorite time zone. That, I think you'd be thrown up against the wall before you even got the word zone out. That's misrepresenting the question. It's which is the best for watching sports? <laughs> which is the best for watching sports? Colin Morikawa is three under on the day now. He's six under for the tournament. He's five back of Brooksy. What's next? All right. April 13th is effectively judgment day for Diamond Sports as they will need to pay their contracts yeah, to the Twins is a, this and is a big Guardians. This story right here. Otherwise, they will terminate the contract. I got a couple questions on this issue. Do you think fans will still get the usual broadcast team if the teams get the rights back from Diamonds, a.k.a. Diamond doesn't pay their contract? Will the game be broadcast on cable for those who don't stream the games? Will they be blacked out in their own home city? Uh, yes, on the broadcast team. I don't think twice on that. I agree. Uh, what was the second question? There were so many questions. Yeah, and I'm they're still all focused great. on my favorite time zone. Right. And keep thinking on that one. Uh, will the game be broadcast on cable for those? Like, what cable channel would have it? If Bal- I guess would you, they take Bally's or Diamond's mm, channels? No, we can't I, do that. Yeah. That's a nice question there. I'm so, sure they have an answer to it. I honestly don't know what it would be. My, my inkling would be MLB, but that's... I don't know if you get MLB TV and right. just be you'd get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm paying for it right now, but right. the Cardinal games are blacked out. <laughs> right. So I think like they would have to give MLB the MLB was extra innings package to those fans. Yeah, I don't think they would do that because now you're taking 
dollars? I don't know. That's right. a, it's a it's a legitimately good question. I'm sure I know they've been preparing for this specifically with those three teams: Guardians, what Twins, and Diamondbacks. Yeah, but Diamondbacks' situation's a little different, right? right? Because the Diamondbacks were included in their accreditor, whereas the other two are just not getting paid. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll like do my the f- bookie at Foxfire in Columbia in the '90s. We'll do the fifth bullet, and it's a quick one, so we can get out. Uh, you be the odds maker. What would you set the series odds for the Cardinals and Brewers series this weekend? I, to be fair, I could not find. The series odds anywhere. I would set the Brewers minus one twenty-five. I was gonna say one twenty. So yeah, we're in the same page right. on that one. There you go. All right, we're wrapping it up. There it is. Uh, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Fraction Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.